Welcome to Ladies Roadmap to Living Ageless. I'm Joe Jamie Tyler. And I'm Lana Helda. We're bringing you a community of modern age women and experts to share their stories of wellness, lifestyle, and experience on how you too can live a healthier, more vibrant life. And we're not just all talk, Lana. No, Jamie, we are self-proclaimed, lifetime self-care, soul-seeking junkies, and we're demonstrating the power of reinvention as we take to the road in this fabulous tour bus, proving age is irrelevant. Welcome, ladies. We are in Pasadena, California today with the beautiful, young YouTube star, Brittany Louise Taylor. And Brittany has an important story to share with the world. And after hearing it, <laughs> after hearing it, you may say it's more of a very sober warning. So personally, I would like to start this and say that reserve all judgment because it is easy to be an armchair quarterback <laughs> and you know, and and wonder how how could this happen? You yeah. know, how could this story that Brittany's going to tell us happen? Or I would never fall for that. Or yeah, I would no, yeah, yeah. It's easy to look at it like that and think that, and then, but you never know until you've walked in someone else's shoes. You never know yeah. what you're going to do or how you're going to feel. And let's face it, guys, love and emotion is a very strong thing that happens and make, can make our brains crazy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so... You get love goggles. That's right. That's like I, was, I talk about this a lot, like love goggles. Good love goggles. And yeah. Brittany, Brittany tells us, and she's this is perfect when we read this, Brittany, this is not a love story. It is her story of survival. So welcome, Brittany. Thank welcome. You. Thanks so much for coming. <laughs> Thank you for coming here. And we're just really happy to sit down with you because we want to... Brittany, we want to talk about your story, and I don't know if this is if anybody's talked to you about it in the way we want to talk to you about it. But you know, Brittany, the name of Brittany's book is "Overcoming Unhappily Ever After." A sucky love story, yeah. Yeah, a very sucky love story. Yeah. <laughs> and I, but I feel before we dive right into the book, Brittany, I feel like it's important to paint a bit of a picture for our listeners that don't know you yeah. and maybe haven't watched you on YouTube or know your story. But by the way, everybody, uh, Brittany is a YouTube phenomenon. She's yeah. been doing it for over... I've been do- I'm, an, I'm OG. I've been on it for a while. Yes. Yeah. She's like almost, ten, well, 10 years now over about, 10. right? Yeah. Wow. I, I, I lost track. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. I was very, you know, early on the site. Well, what I wanted to talk about was a little bit, not, not the whole YouTube history, but, you know, it's important for people to know that the, her YouTube history, she was, a, she was comedic. You know, she yeah. was a lighthearted, yeah. young, comedic girl, and you were making us laugh out loud. Yeah, we were watching your YouTube. Some of the old ones. Yes. <laughs> we were making, you guys, listen to her. You were making us laugh Brittany out Louise loud. Louise Taylor, old So we YouTube. wanted you to know. Yeah. So, so with that introduction, I just wanted to you to take us back a little bit in, to those days. Where were you? What was it like? Right before, before I met him. Yeah, right. I mean, um, I had moved to L.A. at 18, so I kind of did the traditional route and went on student film auditions and booked some of those and did some really bad, like, independent films, and I would get really close on big projects for TV shows and it would be down to like 10 people and I wouldn't get the part and I get so frustrated and I remember reading this article that said if you create your own stuff people come to you and I was like okay well what if I created my own web stuff would that open up opportunities 
because I just wanted to act. I didn't want someone, you know, to have, I didn't want, didn't want to have to go through the process of auditioning anymore. I want to hire myself. Yes. So um, I started on YouTube first with this Rhonda Anthony Can- Anna, Rhonda Anthony Tanner character. It's early. I'm waking up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and she was a clueless life coach. And then um, I met my friend Shane Dawson, and the stuff we did together, like, kind of branched me over into my Britney channel, and it turned into a lot of, like, comedy and sketches and music video parodies. And I was kind of known as doing, you know, a really clean channel a lot of like you know music stuff or comedy sketches or are it was you very, it was you're very, a singer because I, I, like I can sing. sing sometimes but I mean I'm not like professionally trained you know I think with auto-tune I'm pretty good but <laughs> I love it but she'll, she'll do like these little scenes where she's singing and it's like good and then all of a sudden she does it she's just so self-deprecating and then she'll go really sour just but you know she's faking well, the bad part and for our age group I'd like to say it's Lily Tomlin-esque oh, you know you. it is I'll it's very it. it's kind of Lily Tomlin-ish and I, that's what I thought when I saw a lot of them and anyway you 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 definitely have the comedic thing down I, I I'm silly <laughs> <laughs> but you know and that but that brings us to you'd been doing that yeah. and so we know from doing this if you're doing anything well and Brittany got up to you know millions of followers okay so that takes a lot of work yeah I mean it's you know and it, like it's easy to have like a video go once viral on YouTube. It's hard to maintain an audience and you really have to dedicate yourself and it's a lot of blood, sweat and tears. And, and you were what, seven days a week you were seven, doing it. Yeah. And I, I remember like talking to my mom and being like, I can't keep this up. Cause like after 10 years of working till two in the morning every day, you just get so tired. But the reward, it's such a fun payoff when like come Saturday, your videos go up and then seeing your audience's reaction. So it's like a drug. You get addicted to that where you want to keep, you know, pleasing and, and entertaining these people that are all over the world watching. Yeah, and that are loving you. Yeah. However, how do you have time to meet a guy and date? You don't. <laughs> I mean, I think I, I kept hoping I would just meet someone on set or like at an audition or someone, you know, that maybe wasn't an actor that was on, you know, behind the scenes, but it just, it never really worked out. Right. And I, you know, I had a, a good friend of mine that was on Tinder and we were at a convention in Florida, and he was like, oh, I'm going to find myself a date tonight. And I was like, what's this dating thing app, huh? Like, I, I think I there was always a taboo. Sure. But right about the time, like 2014, when I started doing it, that the taboo was being removed, where people were um, more open and apt to using dating apps and talking about using it. When before... Right it would be shameful if you were on like oh, yeah. one of these sites. Like you didn't want to talk about being on match.com or meeting. Oh yeah. Now it's like, everyone's proud of it. Well, or my son just met a girl that's really great and they're, they're quite an item, but yeah. they kind of don't want to tell people that they met on hinge, Yeah, you know, because <laughs> yeah. there's, so there's still that yeah. a little bit for sure. Yeah, yeah. But so, so you went on this, you decided to try the dating app. I did. I um, signed up for Tinder and started swiping and, you know, got some very weird messages and, you know, went on some very interesting dates. And I had a couple different guys I was kind of serious about for a while. And then my boyfriend before, Milos, um, it was, he was really cute and sweet, but he was, you know, very into vaping and a lot of these things. And he broke up with me to marry someone for her green card. Oh my God. So I, and I thought I kind of puppy loved him. And for me, that was big. But wait, I, I'm curious. So yeah. was he also a, obviously from, uh, no, he Europe. was from he was 
he was American. He married her, he married for, her, 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 for, her, for her, her green card. Okay, because because, only because like, the second this is only a few weeks after we had broken up, we still followed each other on Instagram, and I see these photos start popping up, going my wife and like, photos of her, and I was like, I knew exactly what he had done. He actually contacted me not too long ago and apologized and says, you really called me out and I feel like I'm a better person because of it. Because I said, I didn't know you at all. Like I texted him and then blocked him and whatnot. But I was not in the best mental state because I think I finally had found someone that I really liked, even though he was, you know, damaged. I think we're all damaged in different ways. But um, he was just a really nice guy. And then when that ended, I think I felt like I wanted to prove something. So it wasn't the best time to meet Milos because on paper, he checked every box. So when I met the person in the books about he was a doctor from Europe, had a cute little dog in incredible shape, gorgeous. And I, I was vulnerable because I I thought, you know, I went with my heart before and it didn't work out. So I'm going to, you know, try to, you know, maybe find a formula and okay, this guy has, you know, a stable job, check, a car, check. Well, let's also add, because I think this probably has a little bit to do with state of mind being women. We get this and having daughters, you know, you're 31. You said you were 31 and you'd never been in love. I hadn't. I thought something was wrong with me. Yeah. So don't, (laughs) don't you think that probably had a little bit to do with your naivete and maybe your your vulnerability because you were ready to be in love. But I, we like, all are. I, I, but I, you know what? From the beginning, though, my instincts, like, I knew something was wrong. And, and I, you I, say I that in your to, video. And I, like, I would have anxiety, like, before going on a date with him and start sweating. And I was <gasps> like, what is wrong with me? And he'd go oh, to touch me chills. on the first couple dates and I would flinch. Here's this, like, six foot two, muscular, gorgeous man that's, like, being friendly and I'm flinching. What's And I couldn't. I thought maybe it's because I still had feelings for my ex-ex. You know, I really just want to talk about this. This is such a key point that you're making. Yeah. Because we've had other, we just had a, a, an interview with a gal who's written a book all about the feminine qualities and how yeah. important they are and that so many people disregard them as not as weaknesses instead like of strengths. Intuition. Mm-hmm. And so intuition. But your instincts are there. Like if, if, you know, if there's something off, you need to listen to it. If you meet someone and you go, ooh, I'm not, I shouldn't trust them, don't. Trust them. Like, listen to that initial gut instinct. Because it's so crazy to see your video, your YouTube, where you actually say that. You say... I first met him and I, I just know, didn't I, feel I good. Ma- about I made a it. video for people that don't know when I finally because we'll get you know we'll get more into it later. But I, I made a video announcing the relationship with Milos, and in that video I mentioned saying I like you know I, so, I thought something was wrong. I had these like you know where I just avoided him, and then I fell in love with him. Yeah. So it's creepy watching that back. It's like it's like a premonition. Yeah, I know it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. But I do have to say this one thing that I think you'll find is interesting because we read the book first, right? Yeah. And then we started watching some videos. And our, your, my first, our first thought when you start reading the book is you think, you know, he's just going to be this kind of slimy looking guy. And really, to back back to your credit, I mean, Brittany, he doesn't look like he could say anything mean or be or or tell a story or but lie. And like I, you know, wanted to keep my mom out of my relationships, but I'm obviously very close with my mom, and I remember her having conversations with Milos because I'm like, he just yells at me all the time. I didn't tell her, or he's angry a lot. And she would, you know, he was budding up to her and friendly with her. So I remember them talking and her saying, "You need to stop yelling at her." I didn't tell her all the things that were going on because I wanted to shield her and I wanted her still to like him. But, I mean, you can't look at a relationship from the outside and see because those are the happy moments. And there's 24 hours in a day. So if I'm filming 10 or 15 minutes of that day 
and that we're cute and loving, whatever, what is happening the rest of the time? Sure. And, you know, my, my jaw, I was, you know, when I started vlogging with Milos at that point, I was pregnant. And I was sick for all those months before. I had to start working again and doing something. And he, you know, suggested that we start vlogging our lives. So you can't, I, I know people say, oh, look, it, it looks so happy. And I'm thinking, yeah, but I look at that and I remember what else that happened that day. Or, or I remember I had a really big audition and Milos, like on purpose, like sabotaged it or something. Right. Like, you know, it was really awful to me. And then I went and didn't do that great. And then we went to the fair. Like, I, I remember things that people don't remember. Sure. I know the subtext. Well, and then you said he was m taking you, he wanted you to move, and he, he was really kind of trying to isolate you, it sounds like, and get you away from the people that you had had relationships with. And that's what yeah. that's what abusive people do. I mean, the, the hard part was it didn't start out, like, it was really good for a while, but then his family was against us right away because they wanted him to come back to Europe, they wanted him to run the businesses, he was doing um, this like athletic company and all this other stuff, and things started to crumble for him. So I didn't see it at first as abuse. I thought, okay, he has pressure because yeah. his family doesn't like us. He has pressure because his one tennis business isn't working. He has pressure because he's teaching tennis lessons now to survive, right. and he's not getting his boards done. So I made a lot of excuses for behavior that I shouldn't because I, I put myself in his shoes. I'm like, okay, what if I went to another country away from my family and now have no money and I'm doing something I hate to pay the bills? Like I would probably have some resentment and sure. bitterness. And, and, and it's natural to give people a hall pass. Yeah. I mean, we all want to give the people that we love a hall pass. Yeah. But, but I think what she was saying is you're making excuses for him. And yeah. the other little red flag I hear is that your mother wasn't I don't think I don't know was your mother on board with this she she really liked him because he he you know he was very charismatic and very charming and everyone kind of fell in love with him when they're around him so you know I think I would explain things kind of like I did to you right now where she's like oh, okay well he has pressure and whatever but he needs to be nicer to her or you know I helped her I helped her narrative if, yeah. that, if that makes sense yeah. so I helped her be on board without getting her where she would hate him which was smart because you don't want to but yeah, but create. Any, like I'm 31. I don't want my mom involved in yes. a relationship. Like I wanted, you know, I want her to be able to come hang out with us, but I wanted us to deal with our problems a lot of times on our own and not involve a third party because that never works. There can't no. be three people. Well, and I think the thing I, I noticed the most when reading and watching the whole thing sort of unfold is that you went from this comedic, fun girl to once you had this baby you became, as we all do, mama bear. Uh-huh. Don't mess with my baby cub. It's, it's, I, you know, I always didn't understand. I was like, like my, mom, my mom always said, she's like, oh, well, if a bus was coming, you would throw yourself in front of your bus for your child. I'm thinking, yeah, I might like, understand. I'll probably love them, but that kind of love. And like, now that I have Rex, I get it. I would do anything. Like, if someone, like, you know, even if a kid, like, shoves it at a play place, I'm like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I have to, like, you know, be like, that's someone else's child. Just walk away. I mean, I want to go kill the little thing. And I'm I like, know. it's weird how, not that I would, but I'm no. saying, like, you you have those crazy protective it is. instincts when you're a mom. Mother nature, you know, we're, we've got those for yeah. a reason. And and we've jumped around a bit. Um, but just for, to sort of clarify it, Brittany gets in this relationship, yeah. falls in love. Gets pregnant. Yeah. Excited to have this baby. 
little timid about it, of course. I we wouldn't I, be. I was not excited at first because I it wasn't, you know, my life plan. I think, right. you know, I, I'm very type A and OCD and I'm like, I want to be married for a couple years. I want to enjoy the relationship and then think about kids. I still felt like I was young, even though I was like 32. I still felt like maybe when I'm like 40 or like, <laughs> I, I, you know, it's hard when you're in the entertainment industry because it's a very short window for you. Sometimes it feels like to make things happen. And I, you know, I wasn't where I wanted to be a hundred percent in my career. So I wasn't ready for kids yet. I still wanted to be selfish and focus on my stuff, but a life is a life. And I think that's what it was for me at the end of the day is I just, I couldn't like, I, I thought about not keeping him and I just, I couldn't, I I just, I couldn't do it. Yeah. So yeah, now that I have him, I'm like, oh, what was I think that my first day in the hospital, I had horrible guilt. Cause I'm like, I didn't I think I thought about not keeping you. I like you don't think that they're going to be so cute and smell so good. And Rex is like the sweetest baby and Easy. had these long eyelashes. Like all the nurses were like, oh, look at those. He was just the cutest. What I love about Rudy is we just, we just got to meet Rex. Yeah, they did. And I have to tell you, you know, you just, he is this little charmer and, yeah. but we all love our own babies. But yeah. you, yours is, I have to say. He's He's a very special. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you were going, you know, we could talk about the online dating part. Yeah. Um, but but then I was, you know, talking to Jamie, and we said, yeah, okay. So she met this guy through Tinder. I did. And it was online dating, and it's not just young people that are online dating. Well, yeah. My, so my mother has been single for many years, and she's been online dating. She's in her eighties, okay. but she's been <laughs> online dating. And I have to tell you, Brittany, she's had those dates that were red flags and she didn't want to see it and she yeah. would tell us about yeah. it and we could hear it just by her telling us that yeah. hey better watch out and she had her heart broken too and it's it's just so ladies my, the reason why my, we're mine was so elaborate like my you know my Milos told me that he was a doctor and worked at this like hospital and whatever and when I finally got away is when I turned into like the investigative journalist you know so then I then I was like I need to figure out who this person is and it's just like one by one, the lies started to un, like unravel. And it's like when people are really good at being deceptive, mm-hmm. they they're they have a lifetime of practice. So it's not like you or me or sort. If you don't lie a lot, you're not good at lying. But if you lie all the time, you become a master at it. So I think for me, that was what the hardest part was: is that I I should have trusted my gut instincts. But there's also people's deception level. There's some people are so good at, at fooling you. And honestly, you know, my mother has a saying: "Crazy people make you crazy because you start <laughs> yeah. thinking that you're crazy. Yeah. Well, am I am I seeing this? Am I what you know? Am I seeing this right? Am I seeing this wrong? And no, that like, the, like when remember when I was talking about the book, the woman bunny contacted right. me, and the, we were you know, Milosh and I had been together at that point. It was in January like five or six months or whatnot. And this woman out of the blue emails me and she's like, you know, just, you know, he's not all who he says he is. Like we, you know, he was told me you're a friend that watches our, the dog, you know, Louie, that was our dog. And she sent me all these screenshots with their conversations, photos of them together. But I would let me go out with his friends. I'm not controlling. And she hung out in that circle of friends. So he told me she was a call girl and really jealous and wanted him. And he'd been trying to turn her off for a while and she was just coming at him. So I chose to believe him. I didn't contact her. I didn't say like, you know, you, whatever. And like, you know, I didn't create a bad relationship with her. I just didn't want to, I didn't, I just tried to believe Milos, but for months I would obsess about it. I knew something wasn't right. I would go look at her Instagram. She'd tag me in posts too of them. Like she was trying to contact me on Snapchat and I just wouldn't. You were also pregnant. No, at the that time point, you were. Oh, pregnant. okay. I was gonna so, say because I mean, my gosh, I you got pregnant believe. in March, so it was January. So it was like two months later. I found out okay. I was pregnant. 
And that was even a bit of a trick. He yeah, I, I, well, it. he, Milos was a doctor and he kept telling me that if he used the pullout method that I couldn't get pregnant. And I kept, you know, I know a lot of people are like, you know, you should be in charge of your own sexual health. Well, I thought I had a doctor telling me and I kept saying, you know, and the problem with me that I have, I didn't say in the book too, when I was on birth control, I had it for a little while because I had a cyst burst. It makes me so nauseated. Like I, when I was on it for two months, would just be like, want to throw up every single night. So I don't have a normal reaction like women do to birth control. For me, it makes me so sick. Like any hormone changes do. So I didn't want to go back on it if I could help it, but I felt like we should have been using some sort of prophylactic or whatever. But he's like, oh no, there's no possibilities. Like even two healthy people that are trying to have children, like, you know, it's almost impossible. it's, It's really tough for them to get pregnant. So when I found out I was pregnant, I wanted to kill him. Uh, <laughs> I was like, you know, because it wasn't planned. It wasn't, you know, where I'm even, even if you're not planning it, I wasn't in a good space in my relationship. Right. Well, and you were already having doubts. Oh, I wanted to break up with him at that point because mm-hmm. I had gone to New York for a job and I was so sick. Cause also at that point, Milch's family cut him off. So I was financially supporting him. So I was paying all the bills and he was being, you know, more and more verbally abusive to me. And I just didn't think I deserved it. I was like, okay, I'm like trying to help you and your dreams come true. I'm paying your bills so you can study for your board exam so you can get board certified and be able to work in the United States. You're being awful to me. And now there's this woman and then family drama and it just got to be too much. Like I felt like the love just kind of had dissipated at that point. I mean, it was nice. It was my first time in love, but... Yeah. Well, and then you had the family dilemmas. Uh, I mean, you said yeah. you met his family, and you had you had some red flags well, there, I mean, too. Well, mom, his mom at first was, like, nice, but very, like, possessive. Like, it's, like, her child. But I didn't, you know, I just thought, okay, well, any mother has a... Like, I talked to has a really hard time letting go of their sons. Mm-hmm. They just they do. do. Absolutely. I, like, <laughs> I, I'm terrified for the day that, like, Rex finds a girl. I mean, not, Now not you really I, know. Because you just want something good for them. Sure. So I understand that, like... And my mom says, too, like, you're used to always being the number one in their life, and now there's this female, and are they taking good care of your child? And... You know, she had gone through different stuff with my brother. So I, you know, was trying to give her a, a hall pass. But you know what else, too? We wanted to talk about this. Yeah. When you date someone of a cultural, with, with cultural Cult differences. It's, it's, but I didn't really see the cultural differences until my son was born. And then it was like, then I was just Googling like articles about like Serbian mother-in-law. So like, like what? Because none of it really made sense to me. Like the moment my son was born, everything kind of switched but at that point, too, like, Milos and I, I still think we're not in the best space. Like, I had sold my house because I was in so much debt. Like, he told me he had all this money. We started looking at multi-million dollar homes. Then that fell through, and I still decided, okay, well, we're going to go to San Diego because he can get his residency. We're going to stay on our plan, even though it broke my heart to leave L.A., um, and when we're down there, then I found out Milo should watch porn my entire relationship. So, I mean, the, it's in the book. It's complicated. But um, I, I, you know, for me, like, that was hard because when he was supposed to be studying at night, when I would go to sleep, he was just, like, on websites doing God knows what. So, you know, but- my, my son was about to be born, and I wanted to push that under the table and just pr- pretend like it didn't happen. I didn't right. find out that he'd been, like, mentally cheating on me. As- but also, he gave you a lot of real signs. I want people yeah. to understand. I mean, he would show her documents Oh, yeah, I had, he had an ID badge to the hospital that he told me he worked at. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you can And then it would be on his LinkedIn and his Facebook, and people would be, like, congratulating him on his job yeah. and, like, his other friends. Like, it's not... 
that he said he was a doctor. It's like, no, he had, you know, and he had pictures of him in scrubs. Right. In, like, you know, medical scrubs with a mask on and whatever, and he would send me those. And, and bank statements showing uh, things that the, you were... The money that he yeah. told me he was getting, like, the $10 billion. Like, we had to have a bank form to even look at the properties. We black out the accounts, but we couldn't go look at these homes without having those credentials. They don't let you. So... It's not like everything had a paper trail to it that would make it that this could be believable, what he's telling me. Well, and the other thing I was going to say back to the online dating yeah. is, yeah, it was online dating, but honestly, you could have met him anywhere. I mean, yeah. you could have met you him. You could have met him at a coffee shop. My book shop. is an anti-online dating. My book's like anti-sociopath right. and anti-con yeah. artist and anti-abuse. Exactly. And, but I feel like it, um, just online dating makes it easier for those kind of predators to track down people like me. And they look for people that are kind and successful and they look for, there's a certain type. Like I've noticed a lot of the, the women are very like lonely, hardworking, successful, more maybe naive. Let's, Not that I was naive, but I was naive in love. Are women coming out and calling you and saying, I so relate to this or? You have no idea. Like since, since my book has came out, like I just get flooded all day long. So it's like either they've had, you know, where they were gaslighted and a lot, like the problem with my kind of situation is a and lot of people feel gas- embarrassed. They feel embarrassed. Yes. But what's gaslighting? Tell our Gaslighting ladies. is like when people just same thing where they just have a bunch of lies and they make you believe them. And you know, a lot of times they use it to get money or control over you. And then when you find out later, that's the hard part because you feel like a fool and other people. Yeah, you don't want to tell anybody. It's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. It's extremely embarrassing to go, oh, hey, the person that I told you was this. Well, I don't know. Like, even now I don't, know if he was a doctor like he wasn't able to prove it in 15 hours of trial because we ended up having having a trial for domestic violence but he wasn't able to you know tangibly show us that he is for sure he didn't know what a like a 1099 was or you know certain things that you would know if you've gotten a paycheck in the united states i think the hardest part was when my son was born and then i started to discover like all the the things that weren't true like he i found he didn't work at the hospital he said he worked at like he told me he was a professional tennis player i found someone with the same name but that wasn't my ex like he told me he had composed music there's milos mihailovich's who composed music but it wasn't my ex like it was i didn't know if he just went on google and created this persona and whatnot and it was really scary because when my son was born immediately his mom like started, you know, acting like it was her baby and her child and just taking him from me and talking about how perfect his skin was. And they wanted to get him Bosnian Serbian citizenship like right away. And that for me felt like a red flag because I was Googling it and it's like only one parent needs to apply. And then they don't need the consent of the mother. And what if we went to Serbia and they decided to stay? My son's a citizen. They're all citizens. I'm not. It happens. It happens a lot. Yeah, it just, that, like, I was finally at that point, like, listening to my gut more, and it was like, like, red flag, don't, I'm like, I said to him, I'm like, no, he is an American, like, you know, my son's an American, like, in the future, when he's older, we can discuss it, but this is making me really nervous, Mm -hmm. so, I mean, and it was weird, too, because we had a family, like, photo shoot, because he insisted on me, he's like, oh, my friend can come down, like, we'll take care of all of it, like, the fees, you can get new headshots, but he wanted new headshots, too, and then he ended up stealing a lot of my pertinent documents, and he kept trying to get me to Serbia. So he's like, when you know Rex is, no, well, his name was Misha when he was first born. He's like, when Misha is, you know, six months old, we'll go to Serbia, we'll get married, you know, all these things. And he also too, when my right, like a few days after my son was born, he tried to get my mom to go to Serbia. So he said there was this necklace they wanted to give me as a push present, and my mom's like, I'm not leaving you and going to some foreign country. He's like, oh, we'll be, he's like, we'll be back within days. We'll just go get it, come back, and. I'm, I don't even know if my mom would come back from that trip now. Like, it's it's scary to look at 
what could have happened if I wouldn't have woken up. Yeah. And what was that? Yeah, fi- was Sorry, gonna, No, I was. I was just going to say, what was that final straw that made you say you need to leave? It's over. Uh, I, well, I mean, the the final straw. I mean, he had told me like his family had certain connections to like certain organizations that were that were a little terrifying to me. Like, you know, not normal. Like, you know, thank Godfather. Like, I was mm-hmm. like, what is going on? Like, you know, if I step out of line, is like a van going to come and get me? Like, that's what I kept <laughs> thinking. Like, you know, it was very scary. I mean, you're laughing, but that is terrifying to me. I, I laugh when I'm uncomfortable, but yeah, like, I think, like, that... <laughs> I want to tell you to say that. I'm the terrifying. kind of person that I do. I'm, like, I kind of laugh through everything, so I think it's, I'm not the best to read if you watch a video, like, oh, she looks happy. It's, like, underneath you don't know that I'm going, like, okay. Yeah. Like, I'm, like, I'm, like, a duck, like, calm on the, <laughs> the surface and, like, paddling, like, heck underneath. Well, if you were going to talk to another woman, whether they were young or older, like even Joe Jamie's mother, that's yeah. dating and going out with... Women, men that maybe they really don't know anything about, yeah. what would be your biggest piece of advice? I think, you know, you just take it really slow. I don't think you rush into moving in together. I think, I mean, these are the basic things that I've told people since. Always meet in a public place on the first date. And I mean public. Go to some, you know, bowling alley. You know it's going to be busy. Don't go at night. And make sure your friends and family know where you're going to be and what time you're going to be back and have them check on you. You can even have location services on your phone and have them like pinpointing and saying, okay, look, she's still at the bowling alley. She's fine. So, you know, if you really want to be paranoid about it. Um, It's also good to like on the first date, I always try to like, you know, figure out their last name. Like, oh, what's your last name? Like, oh, cool. And then maybe like what origin? You You can segue. And then later on, you can go do your homework and see, do they have an Instagram? Do they have multiple Instagrams? Why do they have multiple Instagrams? Are they private? Like, you know, what's on their Facebook? You know, do they work where they say they're, they work? And yeah. I think it's important just to do your homework and see who these people are. And you can even see by who they follow on sites more about them. And I mean, like, it, it's legal stalking. You I mean, go. it's social. It's a social media age. But, you know, even a lot of what happens to women is the guys are end up being married. They've yeah. got well, another well, they, life. They, they, I was looking, there was, they, I was reading some article that said like 63% or 60 whatever percent of people lie about something. Men usually lie about their money and stature where they work. Women usually lie about their physical appearance or like, you know, like they'll put up a photo when they had like, you know, had lost weight or, you know, yeah. or that's Photoshopped. Like it's us women. We like, we like our face tuned. So um, <laughs> I get it. But um, I think that, you know, too, it's just important. Like I think taking things slow and then not having any access to your personal documents, like lock up your passports, your birth certificates, anything that you have should not be accessible to someone or anything of value to you. And even when you get in a relationship, keep your passwords, your passwords. No one should have access to your bank accounts, to anything that they could do to harm you, no matter how much you trust them. Like it's not, it's not worth it. I know. And it's just not something any of us want to think about. No, they don't. And also I am telling you, your family loves you for a reason and they can see it. And if they're starting to say red flags, even if you're totally in love and you don't think that they're right. I, that was when, um, and, and I was talking, I talked about the, when I went to LA, I was still kind of wishy-washy about things. Was I doing the right thing, leaving Milosh? And I started talking to my hygienist of all people, but she's known me since I was 18. So she's always been more of like a mother figure to me. And we always chat and I learned about her family. Like, you know, we, over the years we've become close. Sure. So I was telling her about what was happening and she just stopped and said, listen to your mother, listen to your mother, listen to your mother. And I got goosebumps everywhere. And I, I was like, okay, she's right. I need to listen to my mom. And I think that, you know, 
if, if you don't like trust your friend's like opinion, get a third opinion, get a fourth opinion. Because if you think a friend's being jealous because they're not getting time with you, right? Or, you know, there's or, one more thing with this. I think that's another really good red flag is we always like to talk about. Um, who you're hanging out with, your yeah. five most important, the five friends you're hanging out with really says who you are. And we didn't talk about this today, but Milo, she's- <laughs> Look, I'm gonna be friends right now. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like aware, <laughs> you guys. <laughs> but Milo's friends were Goombas a little bit. I mean, they were- but, but I mean, they were all powerful, successful, rich men. So I can't like, you know, some of them were a little shady. Like one, you know, was here in the US and they were trying to extradite him back to his country. And like, there's articles, I, I didn't put, I changed a lot of identities and books, but like, if you knew his real name, you could go on Google and they talk all about him stealing money from a bank and then mm. coming to the US. So, I, you know, but some of his other friends were very successful, you know, lawyers or, you yeah, know. I mean, sometimes you can't tell by that. Or a very successful director. Like so, one of, he, I went to a, the house of a friend of his that was a director who had done big movies and worked with big actors. And Mila's just like, oh, well, I'll connect you with this whatever, mm -hmm. you know. So I, I think the if he, I, he, she was just a boy magnet. Like men just wanted this bromance with him. And, you know, I think he, you know, would go out and be a really good wingman with these guys too. So they liked having him around because he could get the women. Yes. Yeah. So, oh, they always love a wingman. Yeah. Well, you know, that sort of leads me to another important phase I think because this did happen for you in phases so yeah. here you had you know I'm in love I'm engaged now I'm pregnant now we have all the there's all the fun videos of you with Milos and then there is all of a sudden you're in this terrible uh legal domestic abuse yeah going on and, and you can't physical? say well, was this yeah. physical well, yeah you can't it, was, it was twice physical mostly verbal but like it was really bad verbal <laughs> Well, and you were at the end of it. You were yeah. you were done with them. But yeah. then, what I was getting at was you couldn't then say anything no. to anyone. So here's this public figure, you, on YouTube all the time. So then what happens? All of these people are gossiping and saying, what's going on with Brittany? And you had to sit silent. And that's a really painful thing to do. I had to stay silent for a year and a half <gasps> and keep making videos. And not, I mean, the, the, because things were brought up during our first trial date and the judge was like, no, I just don't want anyone saying anything on social media. And that makes sense. Like, sure. They don't want any party getting attacked by anyone else. Sure. And so... I was ordered by the judge while this was going on to like, you know, behave. <laughs> so, I mean, not, I've never been the person to throw anyone under a bus, but I mean, I desperately wanted to talk about like, I, w I was just scared and alone and hurting and I wanted to go, guys, you need to know what's going on. But um, no, that, I think that was probably the hardest part. Some of my video titles kind of hint at things a Do little bit or like, you know, I, I would have little, I think, digs or something in the videos where I was trying to tell people what was going on. And when the restraining order was finally settled and I was awarded it, then I had to be silent for child custody because it's another section. So another five months, I'm quiet. Well, that's all getting worked out. So by the time it was done, I, yeah. And then yeah. from there, it, it wouldn't be safe for me just to make a YouTube video. Sure. The safest when I talk to my lawyer, who's a, like a very smart entertainment lawyer, is like, you know, you cannot do this and legally you will get in huge trouble. So he's like, you know, one of your only options is to write a book. And I'm not an author. Like, I mean, <laughs> I've, ri I've read a lot of books in my life, but I've never written a book. But during my trial, I started writing and didn't even know it was my book. It was just more of a diary. It was my thoughts. And I needed to tell someone, even my computer, what was going on. So you basically, yeah. 
we're really into journaling. That's sort yeah. of our thing. Okay. So I wanted to sort of like... <laughs> yeah, it's cathartic for you, yeah. for sure, to well, get that just out of your brain. And I on... took, yeah, I took all the, the timeline and the lies and whatever and split it up into chapters, and then I just started writing. I was like, okay, this needs to happen then. So this... I mean, the hard part is a lot of the stuff in the beginning is more like fluff because you need to understand a lot of small little things for it all to add up sure. in the end. Yeah. But I had to set it up right so you would understand my mental state and why I fell for the things I felt and what I was feeling and why I made the excuses that I did. And yeah, and I think it's a good blueprint too of how to get out if you're in an abusive relationship and how to be smart about it because like I don't think you should announce to your abuser like, "Hey, I'm leaving." It's it's better to figure out a support group that can get you out safely. Right. I mean, because it could could result very different. Yeah, and it's da- any kind of domestic stuff is very dangerous. It's you know, so I think it's just it's tricky no matter what. But it's it's better to I I felt like it was safer for me to break up when I was away from him than mm-hmm. it was to do it around him because also too I probably would have gotten talked into staying because when you're abused your self esteem is so low and you you're they'll talk to you for hours and beg you and you finally like you give in because that's what you always do. So you give in and you forgive and then they do it again. So we know this about our human nature, that we do repeat things. It's just more comfortable. Going forward, what are you telling yourself, Brittany? No, I, I've already, like, it's already way different for me. I mean, for one, I've stayed single for almost two years now, and I just talked about that in a video this morning. But I think it's important for me to, I had to take a break, figure out who I was again and why I picked the people that I pick and, you know, what mistakes that I made. But I think that, you know, I'm just not... I don't want to rush it. And I think the first time that someone does something that scares you, you get out. Or for my instincts right away, don't like someone, you get out. Like I've already, I had a few people that I've hung out with, but not like, not from dating apps. And I ended it right away the moment they weren't respecting me or weren't, mm-hmm. you know, were playing games with me. I'm like, no, I'm a single mother and I work really hard. If you want to play games, just go find someone else. Like I, okay. I have changed as a person. Good for you. Well, I, I could even see it just in my research of you you could just see the evolution yeah you can see how broken it's if you really watch the vlogs when I first left you can see how uncomfortable and insecure I am and it's like because I'm just it was so hard for me to film but I wanted to keep going and I wanted I didn't want him to win it's like that that fight did come back when I got out and I wanted to protect my child I'm like I didn't want him to stop me and he hasn't, and you're you've got a beautiful son. Oh, you do. He's so and cute. And now, and now you've and got a so book. And he's so sweet. Yeah, and you've got a book. And let's just say, you know, there's always a silver lining in yeah. everything. Yeah. And I'm sure, obviously, Rex is the biggest silver lining. Oh yeah, huge. The relationship you have with your mother is so strong, and we all need need a relationship like that someone yeah. who's loves us unconditionally well, I mean also too my mom like went through because my dad had cancer and passed away and she's been kind of alone in Arizona so even though like what I went through was horrible it's been a blessing for mm-hmm. her because now she has this noise and chaos in her house again so I think it you know everything happens when it's supposed to like even my um our friend Robert who is a good close family friend he's like he's like I know what happened to you was terrible but like your mom like you know she came alive again when you and Rex came back even though I was you know a mess and dealing with PTSD and all this stuff like it was it's good to be around people that love and care about you and I think for her she needed family as well yeah and on top of that I think your message will get out there and you don't know who's listening to this going oh, wow, that is what I'm experiencing right now. Yeah. Maybe he's not telling the truth. Yeah, know? I think that... Or you, this is verbal... 
I, I've gotten, Violence. I've gotten, I got a message the other night from a mom. It was really cute. She's like, you did in one day what I couldn't do in eight months. Oh, wow. Thank you. My daughter just broke up with her loser boyfriend. Yay. Oh, I, 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 get, I get messages like oh, that. Oh, well, that's so, good. So, so. so you're you're doing something. And because you've had this experience, you you have a compassion that can't be learned. You can't. It's. I think unless you go through something, you can't empathize. Mm-hmm. And I think it just makes you uncomfortable. And you go, oh, I'm so sorry. And then you go, ooh, like, right. oh, I don't know what to do. Right. Or but you I mean, judge. Or you judge. And I, I gotten a lot of women say, oh, well, I wouldn't be, you know, I, that, I'm so, like, I'm sorry that happened to you, but that wouldn't happen to me. And I'm thinking, if some gorgeous guy that, like, is built like a, like a Greek <laughs> god is coming at you, you are going to have a completely know. different opinion. <laughs> I mean, I think he evolved in a really, well, like, he, he was, knew how to, he, you know, you said when he kind I of met changed. him, he was, like, you know, a cut man. Like, he, like, you know, he said he didn't highlight his hair, but it looked like a little bit. Like, you know, I mean, he, he was just, like, a beautiful specimen of a man when I met him him so I mean I think that that was hard is that physically even though underneath there was something weird like come on I'm sorry if like if you had someone that looks like a cover of a romance novel coming at you girl like you you know you would probably sing a different tune well we never know what we'll do until we're there yeah and you know you made it out and you're healthy and and it's just onward and upward yeah well best of luck with your book what are you doing these days to keep vibrant in mind and spirit I think, you know, for me, the, uh, like the biggest thing is just getting out there, even if I go thrifting, like not getting stuck in my home. Because I think that's the hardest part about abuse survivors is that you want to hide and you don't trust anyone. So you have to get to a point where it's okay not to trust, but it's not okay not to socialize. <laughs> so I think that, you know, I would have had a hard time when I first got out even talking to you guys. Like I would be super uncomfortable because you're strangers. So mm-hmm. now I'm like, I'm fine, but I, I can be and make friends and socialize yeah. without having to give my trust or knowing that I'm smart enough now. Well, it's therapeutic for you yeah. to talk about it, yeah. I'm sure. I think just getting out, like getting outside, I think the biggest thing is like, you know, I find ways to take recs and go and play or go to a park or go to the library or, you know, and I have other passion projects that I'm working on. And I think that you just have to keep focusing on your dreams, your goals, you know, people that love you and just keep living. Great advice. Beautiful words. Great advice. And just, you know, be kind to yourself and remember that and to forgive yourself for any mistakes you may feel like you made. And also... It, it's a journey, yeah. and and you don't we don't always know what that journey is no. going to be, and, but I think great things are in store for you. Thank so you. good luck with everything, yes. and we really enjoyed meeting you, Brittany. You too. Thank you for having me. This episode is brought to you by the Ladies Roadmap Journal. Is your life on autopilot? To Jamie, I think to have excitement in life, you have to stay curious and keep chasing your dreams. Exactly, Lana. And that's why this self-care life planning journal, it's, it's unlike any journal you've ever used before. It's so easy and it's a way to get clarity on your thoughts and intentions. Think of it as a way to jumpstart your day or you may want to wind down your day by getting those thoughts rolling around on paper and out of your head. My favorite part is getting clear on the one thing that I want to accomplish today. And I love focusing on my gratitude for the day. That's the feedback we've been getting from the ladies that have been using the journal. They've been sharing on how the journal is affecting their lives in such a positive way. Well, we created this journal because like you, all we want to do is live a fulfilled life and stay ageless in mind and spirit. 
Watch your life unfold as you align and direct your intentions. To get started today, purchase your life planning journal at ladiesroadmap.com. If you want to stay up to date with our five-star podcast, be sure to subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You'll never miss an episode and you'll see our latest tried and true lifestyle products. You can sign up at ladiesroadmap.com. And ladies, if you like our show, please take a minute to subscribe and rate our podcast because it's super important so that other women can easily find the show. You can do it on iTunes, or to make it even easier, we've put a link in the show notes on our website.